0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, November 14th, 2013. I'm Caleb Brown. The Federal Reserve turns 100 this year. Jerry O'Driscoll, a senior fellow at the Cato Institute, argues we've learned a lot about the current regime, and it fails on its own terms. We spoke during today's Cato Monetary Conference, which you can watch or listen to at Cato.org. We are at the 100th anniversary of the Federal Reserve this year.
1: What do we know now? clearly that we didn't know then. What we know now clearly is that uh, in terms of there were two conventional measures of success monetary macroeconomic success. One is the uh, average inflation rate or the volatility of the inflation rate and the other is various measures of real economic activity uh, like the rate of growth of GDP and its volatility. Now the record of the Fed on prices is clear Prices today are many multiple times, over 20 times what they were when the Fed came into existence. So in terms of the idea that the Fed has any de facto commitment to price stability is obviously or it's either has no commitment or it doesn't know how to do it. And, and that record is uh, very bad compared to the historical record of say the classical gold standard 1879 to 1914 where prices at the end of the period were the same as at the beginning. In terms of output volatility, uh, the Fed's um, record is worse than the record of the pre-Fed gold standard arrangement. Even if you exclude its worst failure, the Great Depression, it's no better than the gold standard record. So in terms of standard measures, the Fed is inferior to what was before, it, which is, is a strong comparison because no one denies there were problems with the pre-Fed monetary system in the United States. What do we know now that would make a pre-Fed
0: monetary system something uh, that is closer to that than what we have now? What, can, what do we know now that would— possibly make that system operate more smoothly?
1: We don't know much more now than we knew then. The problems with the pre-Fed monetary system were pretty well understood at the time. And the basic problem was a lack of competition in the banking system. Uh, You you didn't have uh, branch banking as we know it, and so you didn't have diversified financial institutions except in the very largest money centers. And you also had a crazy, crazy uh, rule about uh, the private issuance of currency. Remember, pre-Fed currency was issued by national banks. It was privately issued. The collateral the national banks had to hold were treasury bonds, federal federal debt. But in the post-Civil War period, that debt was being shrunk they were paying the debt off yes indeed there was a time when we paid off debt accumulated more time so the amount of collateral available uh, was declining when the economy was growing and the demand for currency was increasing that was a fundamental defect there were other problems too but they were all understood at the time they could have been corrected but politics interfered <laughs> the fed is more
0: the Fed is the subject of greater scrutiny now than it really ever has been. Uh, I would say so. And what are the prospects for, uh, if, if not uh, returning back to uh, some sort of uh, hard money, what are the prospects for reform over the next five to ten years?
1: Well, the broader question of prospects for reform is the very topic of today's Cato Monetary Conference, and we've been talking about it all day, and, of course, there's various views on that. My own view is that near term, there's certainly no uh, prospect for radical institutional change for several reasons. The most important is that we now have a large government, uh, much larger than it was uh, at the federal level in the, in the 19th century in the pre-Fed era, and more, most importantly, running chronic fiscal deficits. And, and you can't have a country with chronic fiscal deficits and no central bank because the central bank basically is the buyer of last resort. Uh, more recently, it's been the buyer of first resort. So, but there are, there are changes in the Federal Reserve structure that could get it under more democratic control. It has a tremendous amount of discretion to engage in what amounts to fiscal policy, and, that w- and, and that's being more and more recognized. When the Fed allocates credit to, say, the housing industry, that's really fiscal policy. And that is done under something called the emergency lending provision. And that could be amended or eliminated. And there's talk even within the Federal Reserve System that that needs to be done. A a central bank cannot be both of the following. It cannot be independent of immediate political control and have broad discretion to intervene in the economy. So if it wants to maintain a semblance of independence, a semblance, it's got to give up this broad discretion because it's really become a kind of central planning agency. Now, longer term, uh, if – if you know, there are good reasons why you want to shrink the size of government and eliminate deficits, and Cato's battles for that um, on the fiscal front. If Cato and uh, other people were successful in downsizing the government – and uh, getting deficits eliminated, we could have a conversation about whether we could or would or wanted to return to a system with, say, a commodity money and no central bank. That would be then a feasible option that could be examined. But right now, I think the the monetary reform that's needed and could be implemented is a a restraint on the Fed's discretion. That's an interesting uh, statement. It's particularly troubling,
0: I would think, just because uh, the Fed has enabled a great deal of spending. Yes. And controlling that spending seems to be a prerequisite, if I understand you correctly, to reforming the Fed.
1: Well, you've put the question well. And the reason some of us have been trying to persuade the Fed that it needs to cut back on this extremely easy monetary poly and low, low interest rates in particular uh, is that they have become the enabler of an ill-disciplined fiscal authority, ill-disciplined government. And if you listen to Fed officials, they'll say, well, we can, sometimes we'll say, we can end this unconventional policy uh, if there's a fiscal deal, deal that eliminates the fiscal pressure of the big deficits. But that's never going to happen as long as they're engaged in a policy that makes it cheap for, for large scale deficits to be run.
0: Jerry Driscoll is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work or watch his speech at the Monetary Conference at our website, cato.org.